So, um, as, uh, as you know, we've been uh, talking through the life of Moses, but before we get into that, I want to ask uh, some of you uh, a question, and I'm sure some of you have had uh, experiences like this in communicating with other people and communicating uh, maybe specifically with your kids. For those of you that have multiple uh, kids, um, I think we all know that over the last few years, communication has changed amongst people just in general, but also uh, some things have kind of remained the same over the years too, um, because I can remember doing some things like this as well to my parents. But for those of you with multiple kids, have you ever had that moment where maybe you've asked uh, one of your kids to, uh, to, to go ask another one of the kids a question? For example, hey, can you go ask your sister what she wants uh, to drink for dinner, right? And they're standing right there and they go, sure. Allie, what do you want for dinner? You know, and you're like, okay, I could have screamed, you know, like that. And that, like the, the communication kind of breakdown there. Or you, you send them to ask maybe the same question. Hey, can you go find out? And they're like, sure. And 10 minutes go by and you're like, where'd they go? You know, and then you go find them and they come back and you're like, hey, did you find out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they just completely forgot. I know this isn't just me. I know this isn't just me. Um, but there have been times where I've literally, because of the, the go-between maybe that you're, you're asking one of the kids to be, there, there's been, I've literally texted my son in the next room because I know that I could just get a straight answer if I text him. And he probably wouldn't hear me unless I text him. Um, and like, so like the way that communication is today and communicating with people, you... <laughs> It's just amazing the way in which that, that works and how some of those principles also still apply to us even uh, no matter what generation you're from. Um, because you've, I'm sure you've also seen this one too, where you've had a, a, maybe a, a kid send another kid to you to ask you a question, right? You know where I'm going with this. You know, you, you send one to the parent because you know, well, either two things. One, they already asked one parent and they didn't get the answer they liked. So they sent somebody else to the other one, right? Um, and, and they're doing that and it almost comes off like they're scared. Like they're scared to ask you this thing. And that may be because of a couple of reasons. One might be because they know they're about to do something that they shouldn't do and they're gonna get in trouble. Or two, maybe all they're focusing on is the fact that there may be a punishment coming from that and they're forgetting about the fact that you love them and they're forgetting about the fact that you care for them and they're forgetting about the fact that you want the best for them and sometimes that does mean saying no as a parent. Um, but isn't it funny the way that, that when we have a go-between, how that doesn't always seem to work out for the best because they do end up getting themselves in trouble. What if we talked to God like this? And what's worse is I think we actually do more often than not. Um, I think we attempt to do it too often. And why do, I think, why do I think that? Well, I think that because people are people and because history has a way of repeating itself. We have been talking through uh, the life of Moses and talking through um, this season of life that he went through, which was a majority of his life that was the unknown and how many of us can really relate to that idea of feeling like we're in the unknown, in this season of life that we're living in now, where, um, where it just really uh, feels like we're standing there going, now what? We don't necessarily know what to believe in certain areas. We don't really know what's next. 
or what we should or shouldn't do in some ways, and, and we feel like we're just kind of spinning here, and we focus on the wrong things because many times we focus uh, on ourselves. Uh, this, this world has kind of pushed us, as I've said a couple of times, has pushed us internally, uh, not just inside a building, but inside uh, emotionally and inside spiritually uh, in, in many ways. And so what do we do? Do we pick up with where we left off? Do we attempt to do that? Or do we try to push forward towards something greater? And I believe God wants us to push towards something greater. And as we learn from these things from Moses, from his successes, from his failures, um, and we, we see the way that he has interacted with God and what we can learn from God in those things, these are things that we can then apply to ourselves when we feel like we're in these seasons of the unknown. So we're going to be jumping ahead again a little bit here, uh, as we did last week, and we're going to jump ahead again to Exodus chapter 19 and 20. If you'd like to skip ahead there, you can, uh, or flip there, or scroll there, uh, whatever's, uh, whatever you feel comfortable doing there. If you're watching online, you can certainly follow along in the Bible app, uh, as well as us here. Uh, you can just go into uh, to the Bible app, look up events, and find Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and you should be able to follow along with the notes uh, right there. But we find Moses in another role here. We've seen him in different roles throughout his life as he's gone from this shepherd, um, you know, obviously starting as a baby in, in Egypt and, and then leaving and being in the wilderness uh, and, uh, and being a shepherd and then moving into this role of a doubter and then moving to the role of a leader. We find him stepping into a different role here where he is uniquely prepared and equipped for this role. And it's interesting because if you look at your life and you look at mine and you look at maybe the things that God has moved you to in, in different seasons of your life, I believe that you will find that God has prepared you for those moments and for those roles with the things that you have gone through before. And that he's prepared you in that way. And you didn't realize you were being prepared in that time. But if he's calling you to something, then he has prepared you to be able to accomplish that, not all on your own. It's all been because of God, which has been one of the underlying themes of all of this. And so he's uniquely prepared and equipped again for this role, and that is the role of mediator. The role of mediator, and a mediator is someone who attempts to resolve conflict between two parties. Um, and in this case, Moses is the go-between uh, God and the people of Israel. And so it was one thing when Israel was, was looking to, uh, you know, escape from slavery and from Pharaoh and all that, and they were on mission. And they were on a mission to, to get out and to, and to move forward and all of that. And, and the Red Sea happens and, the, and, the, and all of that stuff. But now we're in a place of establishing their, uh, their themselves and, and beginning this new life of freedom that, that God has, has given them. And so as God's establishing these guidelines and the best way in which they should live, as people do, as we do, they end up starting to revert to this victim mentality um, and, and to this place of fear because they are in this season of the unknown. And they act like scared little kids who are afraid to talk to their parents, who are afraid to go to mom and dad because they think they did something wrong. Instead, of remembering that they are God's chosen people instead of remembering that they are loved by God. And we see that this ends up getting them in trouble. They end up getting themselves in trouble here because they have completely missed the love of God. And instead, they choose to view him as this fearful God of judgment 
that some people like to refer to as the Old Testament God that you may have heard people say before, that, that there's this, this version of God in the Old Testament that is this like drop in the hammer um, kind of God that is just full of, of judgment and, and hellfire and brimstone and all of those things. And that, and that the reason for that though, can I tell you, the reason that that, that is a perception that is untrue, by the way, the reason that he is viewed that way is because of the perception that sinful people have of God, not because that's the way that he is. That is not the way that he is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as we see in Hebrews 13, 8. Um, he, is, he has always been constant and consistent. And the constant, consistent problem, though, are the actions and the reactions of sinful people to him in the culture in which these things happen. I hope that you're following me there. God is love and he is doing what he must do to protect and provide for his kids in their given situation, just like we do as parents, hopefully. That's what we do as parents. And so we're gonna see that again today and we're gonna see the love, we're gonna see the patience and we're gonna see the grace of God in regards to how he handles Israel and ultimately how he handles us. So again, we're gonna be in Exodus chapter 19, uh, chapter 19 and 20. Uh, hopefully you've turned there. And uh, Moses is, is standing in between the people and God and they cannot interact directly with God uh, because God is God and he is holy. And unholy people literally cannot stand to be in his presence. Um, and so Moses goes back and forth uh, speaking to God and then returning to deliver the words of God to the people. And, and actually, you might be thinking this already. This is one of the things that Jesus came to fulfill when it says he fulfilled the law, this role. And we're going to see that even more as we, as we go. Remember, not much of God had been revealed to humanity at this time. So there is still a big learning curve for people in, in learning some of these things. Yet, people are people. So let's read. Uh, Exodus 19, 21 through 25. And the Lord said to him, meaning Moses, go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the Lord and many of them perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us, put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. Lord replied, go down and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. You know, we end up in a place of the unknown because instead of going right to Jesus, we're afraid. We're afraid. Or we don't really want to hear what God is saying. Why? because we doubt. We come to this place of, of doubt and we forget about his love for us. We forget that a life of faith is about him and not about us. Or it's because we really don't want to hear the truth. I know some of you can relate with that where we, you want to hear your own version of the truth. You know, sometimes you'll go to a friend or you'll go to somebody and you're just almost hoping that they reinforce what you think. You don't really want to hear the truth. And then that person in your life, I'm, I'm sure we've all got some people in our life who are like, boy, if I want to hear 
my version of the truth, I'll go to this friend. But if I really want to hear what maybe I need to hear, I'll go to that friend um, because they're not going to pull any punches and they're just going to straight up tell me. I'll just straight up about me. I'm usually the latter for people. I'm the guy that's like, here's what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Um, but uh, as we keep reading here, the people of God, they make a covenant with God on Mount Sinai. And God, in turn, kind of formalizes that with the giving of the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and these are uh, in Exodus chapter 20, uh, verses 1 through 17 here. And we're not going to read through them right now. That's kind of your homework. You can go through and read through the Ten Commandments. What I want to look at is the immediate reaction to God when he puts these Ten Commandments out there, which are coming from a place of love. And we're going to get to that in just a minute as well. But I want you to see in verse 18, the way in which the children of Israel react to this. Take a look at this. Exodus 20, 18 through 21, it says, When the people saw the thunder and the lightning, and they heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. And the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So the Ten Commandments are given and it kind of ends with a fireworks display in the power of God and the people respond in fear. They respond in fear. And then we see the role of Moses as mediator yet again. He has to fulfill this role. And so he's bringing two parties together uh, who are divided by something. And in this case, what's dividing them is sin. And he has to bridge the gap. He has to bridge the gap there so that they can come together. And, and so Moses fulfills this role with the people of Israel and this is a man who had first encountered the holiness of God at the burning bush, and he's now ministering to the people on Mount Sinai on behalf of the people of God. He's going back and forth to God between them, and, and, and this is just not necessarily how it was intended to be, but unfortunately, this is kind of how it needs to be in this moment. But the deeper reason, the deeper reason here is because Israel did not want to deal directly with God out of fear. You may notice that Moses even said, don't, don't fear. It's, it's okay. And their response still was, no, we're scared and we're not going to go because Moses did tell them, don't be afraid, you know, so fear not. And yet <laughs> this is God. This is the creator of all. So fear, <laughs> you know, um, at the same time, let me just say it this way. We should not be scared of God in that we should be trembling and terrified to disobey him um, because we're afraid of punishment. At the same time, we should fear the Lord. But if, if we should be scared of him to the point of being terrified, then, then we're diminishing the love of God and we're diminishing the cross. God's not a dictator. He's not a dictator type of father who's just standing there with his belt waiting for you to step out of line so he's got a reason to use it. But unfortunately, that's how people see him. And part of the reason that they do, part of the reason that they do is because of us. 
Part of the reason that they do is because of us and how we represent God in our actions, in our conversations, in our reactions, in our judgmental attitudes, in our posts on Facebook, and we could keep going. And I know that may hurt a little bit, but, but it's true. We need to represent God out of a heart and a place of love, not out of a heart and place of judgment, because that is not the God of the Bible. God's ultimate motivation is love, is love for people. His ultimate motivation is not judgment. The reason for all of it, the reason for the Ten Commandments, the reason for the law, the reason for all of it is love, to protect and provide. That's what God does because he loves us. Granted, granted, his, his love, he loves us enough to be clear about sin because he is very clear about sin, but he loves us too much to let us stay there. And that's the difference. Some people take the, the full extreme of because God is saying this about sin means that he is this big time God of judgment. No, he is calling out these things. He is calling out sin because he loves us, because he loves us too much. Love them where they are. Love them too much to let them stay there. This is a mantra, I believe, that gets to the root of God. This is actually a sign that I have hanging over my office. I, I, made, I made myself a sign that says this, not in this font, but it's hanging over my office door, and it has been for like 12 years because this is kind of my mantra of, of how I believe we should live out our life. And as a, as a leader, as a, as a pastor, I believe this is exactly how God's called us to, to live out and, to, and to, to lead and to treat people. And you know why? Because this is how God treats us. Love them where they are, but love them too much to let them say that. God loves you where you are, and he loves you too much to not tell you the truth. And, to, and he loves you too much to let you stay maybe in your sinful state where you are. But do not mistake the fact that God is a God of love. But there should also be a respectful fear of God, meaning an attitude of honor and reverence that leads to respect and obedience. And it's, it's the reason why we bow our head in prayer. Like, I can't find you chapter and verse that says, when you pray, you must bow your head and close your eyes. Like, it's not there. We do it out of respect and honor and, and to focus on God. It's, it's the same as, as the opposite of when we worship and, and if we feel led to put our hands up and praise and worship to God. It's, it's, a, it's a place of, of respect and honor because he is the only one worthy of honor and praise and glory in that. And see, Israel didn't get that. Israel didn't get that. So instead of listening and learning, they just freaked out. And they pushed Moses into being this mediator. But I want you to notice that Moses was not able to completely fulfill the role of mediator. He, he much later in life realized that it's not going to be able to be him that's able to be that mediator. And again, we see the unity of the word of God. Look into the book of Deuteronomy here in chapter 18. It says, the Lord, capital, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord, your God at Horeb on the day of assembly. So this is Mount Sinai again. When you said, 
let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. He's referring back to what we just read in Exodus. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And yet Moses cannot bridge that ultimate gap that separates human beings from God. No one can bridge that gap. And this prophecy comes true when another child is born in spite of the government's efforts to kill him, just like with what happened to Moses. The government was trying to kill him. And in Matthew chapter 2, a child is born and the government's trying to kill him. Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. And like if you didn't see that one coming, just as Moses was the first mediator, he was not the final answer that the world needed. And I love how we see scripture come completely together right here. Look at this in 1 Timothy 2, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. It is amazing the way the Bible comes first, full circle because Moses could only be the bridge for that time and that moment and that season for what God was calling him to do. But Jesus is the bridge that bridges all of it. Jesus is the one who removes all of the shortfalls, all of the feelings of insecurity that hold us back. Understanding that he is God, the second person of the Trinity, should give us comfort and relief that we can go to him, not because he is a God of judgment, but because he is worthy and because he loves us, but also out of reverence and respect and honor and worship and praise with a heart towards obedience because we understand that who we are going to is never in the unknown. Jesus is never Never in the unknown. You might feel like you are right now. You might feel like you're in a place of the unknown right now. Jesus never feels like he's in the unknown. Jesus is never, never in the unknown. He is the door. He is the mediator. He is the bridge, and he loves you so, so much. And so we don't have to be scared that we're going to get punished. We can go directly to him because we know his motivation for us is love and he proved it on the cross. And as, as a result of the, the mediator that Jesus is, we can gain direct access to the very throne of God. As we draw near to him, we draw near to his throne with confidence that we're gonna receive grace and mercy that we need. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible that we're gonna look at in Hebrews 4.16. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Think about that. You can go boldly to God. I mean, Soak that in for a second. We can go boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That is a comforting and amazing um, statement to make. Just all of that, to really like understand what that means. We have a mediator in Jesus, and he gives us direct access to God because he is God. And as we've seen throughout the series and, and all that's said and done, see, the story here isn't about Moses. Yes, he's a key player in this story, absolutely. But it's not about Moses, it's about God. And that's something that Moses knew. And the Bible celebrates that in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of faith, as they like to say, with hall of fame weekend, the hall of faith. 
He thought, Moses meaning, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Let me ask you, are you looking ahead to your great reward? As a follower of Jesus, are are we too focused on the here and now? Or do we really think through the fact that we can look ahead to Jesus, to the great reward? It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. See, his, what, what, was, what was pushing him, what was guiding his decision-making wasn't the here and now. It was faith, and it was looking ahead to God, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He kept his eyes on the one. He was able to do amazing things, and he did it by keeping his eyes focused most of the time because he was a sinful human, but he kept his eyes focused on God. And he was able to go through a lot of suffering, which he did, because he considered it a great honor to suffer for the cause and to remain as obedient as he possibly could. And his faith was in God, who cares about his people. And God gave him the strength to lead his people out of slavery and help establish them as a nation. But it wasn't because Moses was great. These things happen because God is great. These things happen in our lives where God shows up in amazing ways, not because we are great, but because God is great. When we have faith, even mountains can move, and it's not because of us, it's because of him. Moses knew what it meant to really connect with God on the grounds of grace and the grounds of of mercy and not because of what he thought he deserved, but because his faith was in God, because his focus was on Jesus. And that's the connection point, not only for today, but really if there's one major connection point we can learn from the story of Moses and the life of faith that he lived out, it is this, to keep your focus on Jesus, to keep your focus on Jesus, on the one who is invisible, as it says, to keep your focus on him. When we're in a season of the unknown, and I believe there's many of us that are, whether here or watching online, I believe there's many of us that feel like we're in a season of the unknown. When we are in a season of the unknown, what do we do? What do we know? Well, we know that a life of faith is not about us. Life of faith is not about us, it's all about God. We know that. We need to remember that God calls us because of who he is and because of his love for us. And he calls us to something greater. And when we're in that season of the unknown, we can't doubt what God has put in our hands. We need to use it. Because too many times when we're in that season, we, we focus on all of the wrong things and forgetting that God has put something in your hand and in mine. And that might look different for all of us, whether it's uh, resources or, or talents or whatever that might be. For Moses, the conduit was just a dead piece of wood, but that wasn't, it wasn't the stick, it wasn't the staff, it was what God did with that. And there is something amazing that God has put in your hand literally and figuratively, that you can use, that he wants you to use. And don't you doubt it for a second. When you're in the season of the unknown, keep your focus where it needs to be on those things. And don't doubt what God has put in your hand. And, and then to be still. To 
be still. When you're in a season of the unknown, be still and give him glory. Give him the glory. And when we remember these things, these things that we know, but we forget when we get into these intense, tough times where we just feel like we're wandering in the wilderness, all of these things culminate with the fact that we need to keep our focus on Jesus. That we need to lean into the familiar arms of Jesus when we are in the land of unfamiliar. Because when you're in the unknown, you need to remember that you always have access to him. You always have access to Jesus. We want the familiar, which is why we react poorly in unknown times because we want the familiar. But when we lean on the Lord, when we lean on Jesus in those times, we remember our calling. We remember his purpose for us. And that is to know him and to make him known. Will you bow your heads with us? This time that we've gone through these, these last few months, it's been really hard to stay focused on Jesus. It's been really hard to stay focused on anything if we're being honest with ourselves. But if we know anything, it's we know that we can trust the creator of the universe and we know that we can lean into the familiar arms of Jesus. We know that it's not about us, it's about God. We need to remember that he's calling us because of who he is and because of his love for us. And we cannot doubt what he has put in our hand. We need to be still and give him glory. If you feel like you're in this season of the unknown and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, can I just say that that's the place you need to start? Is a relationship with him. If you don't know Jesus, if you're not 100% sure that you're gonna spend eternity with him, then of course you feel like you're wandering in the wilderness. Because you are. I hope that you will, I hope that you will reach out to the good shepherd who is the bridge for you, who is the door, who is the mediator and ask him to come into your life and to save you. If you want to know more about that, I'd love to talk with you, pray with you after the service. You can certainly come down here or even during the song that we're all going to sing together. I'd, I'd love to, to pray with you, show you what God's word has to say about how you can know for 100% sure you're going to be with him in heaven. For all of us that, that do know Jesus, let's remember to keep our focus on him. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for the truth of your word. I thank you for, um, God, the fact that you are the door, you are the bridge, you are the mediator for us, God, and that we can go directly to you, that we have direct access to the throne of God because of your shed blood for us, Lord, that you tore the veil and that we can, we can come right to you, Lord, and we thank you for that. God, I pray. Lord, that if there is one here that doesn't know you, God, if there's somebody that, that has not trusted you for the first time, they don't have a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that today might be the day that they do, that they make that decision, that they reach out to you. Lord, I pray all of us could take this simple idea of keeping our focus on you and we could just embed that into our hearts, into our minds, because Lord, when we get into these tough times, we get into these unknown seasons, Lord, we just react sometimes and we don't always stay focused on what we should. Lord, remind us that you're there, that you're with us, that you love us, 
that you're not some judgmental um, God that, that some people like to make you out to be. Lord, that, that you love us. You want to protect and provide for your children. God, we worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen.